0: this is being recorded on thursday november 18th all right everyone welcome to episode 11 of go with the flow the first time i've actually known what episode i was recording right when i started another special guest in the building because anyone who decides to sit down with me is always a special guest of course but aisha that's how i pronounce it right
1: aisha or aisha aisha or
0: Aisha? okay because okay i thought it was aisha but then Owen was like it's aisha i was like i bro, my bad so it's actually both both which do you prefer
1: That's always a follow-up question, Um, but it's, like, literally both. So my mom's side is Cuban, and she says Aisha because she speaks Spanish, and that's, like, the Spanish way to say my name. Um, But the Arabic way to say my name is Aisha, which is what my dad says. So it's, like, quite literally both.
0: Literally both of your parents pronounce it different ways. I like that. Can I just alternate between the two throughout the episode? All right, Aisha. So (laughs) (laughs) welcome welcome to the show. Um, Like I was telling you right before we started, I... You're the first class of 2024 that I've had on this year. Um, You are a froshmore. Have you heard of that term? No. You haven't? Well, that is the term that we've placed upon your class because you guys weren't really here last year, so this is like your first year. How do you feel about that term before we get started, about the term froshmore?
1: I don't like being classified as a freshman, but it makes sense. No, no, no,
0: froshmore. It's different. It's like a combination of the two. So not quite a freshman completely, but not quite a sophomore completely. You're in limbo.
1: It makes sense. Okay. Yeah, it makes
0: sense. Okay, amazing. And so also, this is the second episode I've recorded where today's the first time that I've met you. Every other episode, only one other episode, the first of the season with uh, Mohamza, that was the first time I'd met him when we recorded. And that's the same today, which is kind of cool for me because I get to really practice my skills like talking to new people rather than just having all my friends in here and being very comfortable with it. So I'm um, this is exciting on both ends, but I've already done way too much talking. Um, <laughs> bef- the way I always start these episodes is I tell my guests to introduce themselves, tell me where you're from, stuff you do around campus, and just any other general intro that you would want the listeners to know about you.
1: Yeah. Hi, everyone. So my name is Aisha or Aisha. Uh, as we mentioned, both are fine. <laughs> uh, I'm a member of the class of 2024, originally from Miami, Florida. So very proud of being from Miami, but I don't associate with the entire state of Florida. It's a very clear distinction that I like to (laughs) point out (laughs) because they're very different. Um, So yeah, born and raised there my whole life. Uh, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but my um, dad's side is Tunisian and my mom's side is Cuban. So I identify as uh, North African and also Hispanic. Um, And I'm studying medical anthropology. So that's a track within the anthro department um so i am pre-med
0: you um, are pre-med why does it why i swear every <laughs> single sophomore i talk to is pre-med but that must be again back to you guys this is just the first regular year you've had and so everyone always comes in pre-med all so you think we're all dropping oh you will not maybe not you specifically but 70 percent of you will eventually i started off pre-med as well eventually dropped but i'm sorry please, please continue um i am neuroscience okay. but not pre-med i was pre-med for three semesters did one semester of organic chemistry and that was the final straw for me i had to had to get out of there i saw another one on the horizon and i was like this is it for me i had to pack my bags and hop ship so that's so fair no no longer pre-med
1: that's so fair um yeah we'll see where i go with that but very interested in like learning about how race impacts medicine like social uh things impact medicine class things like that uh interested also in global health so I'll probably will be another pre-med getting the global health and health policy certificate um But genuinely interested in that. If we had that as a major, I would probably major in it. Um, So looking forward to that. Um, And What else? On campus, uh, I'm involved in a lot of affinity organizations. So the Muslim Student Association, Arab Society, um, but also uh, clubs that promote health literacy and equity. So Princeton's chapters of Partners in Health. Um, Yeah, very excited to be here. And I'm very um, flattered by the invitation.
0: Of course. Of course. And thank you for coming on. And three questions based on the stuff that you just said. Yeah. First, you again, like back to everyone wanting to be or go to medical school. Where does that interest from you stem from? Because for me and I, I always note that the reason that I didn't stick with it is because I it was never a genuine passion. It was more something that was I don't want to say forced on I me, mean, highly encouraged by my parents. So for you, where does that interest in medical school stem from?
1: So I won't say it's also not highly encouraged from my parents. (laughs) (laughs) I think what happened for me is I've always had a genuine interest in medicine and and in like helping people that way. I've always wanted my career to be very service oriented and I was always interested in uh, looking for medicine as a way to help people. In high school, I took a class on anthropology that I really liked because it showed how social things and not just biology can influence medicine and health. And that was really interesting to me because it seemed like it combined my passions for like social science and medicine. Um, and so that was like an intersection that I really appreciated and want to pursue. Um, and then I think ever since I've told my parents I wanted to be a doctor, they've like latched on to, to me wanting uh, to be a doctor. So you
0: did it to yourself. So
1: <laughs> I know, but I I'd still genuinely something that I'm interested in. Um, I just I, my parents are happy that I'm doing it, but I don't think it's a reason not to do it um, for and, right now.
0: And if you ever in the event that you ever said you didn't want to do it anymore, do you think they'll be supportive of that?
1: Probably, yeah, yeah. That's good. My parents, I think, would want me to pursue what I'm passionate about. Um, My parents also, just from a young age, have like instilled in me and my siblings a love for service and helping people. Um, So I think if I told them that there was another way I could do that, then that that would be something that they're open to.
0: That is Um, that is that is good to hear. How many siblings do you have?
1: Three. Yeah. What
0: is the what is the breakdown?
1: Uh, so I'm third from the top. So middle, one of the middle children. Um, two older sisters um and one younger brother okay Uh, but yeah i'm a big fan of them
0: we're yeah close-knit family love to hear it um and then another thing you mentioned so you said that you came in and you joined a few affinity groups Mm -hmm. and i was very similar in that way i came in joined the board of princeton african students association joined the board of what was at the time obme but then we changed that to princeton black mills association and I kind of had my reasons for doing that why would you say that it was important for you to come in and just find your affinity groups here on, on campus
1: I think because identity has always been something uh, a conversation that I've enjoyed engaging in but also something that's been forced upon me right like I'm for people who can't see, obviously, because this is a podcast. This so is I, a,
0: Yes, I need to... I'm trying to get a, vid, a visual component added to this podcast. So yes, for now it is still only audio, but sorry to interrupt you.
1: No, you're good. Uh, so I'm a visibly Muslim woman, and I think me being Muslim and wearing the hijab has always been an identity that I've never escaped from in the sense that everyone looks at me and their first impression of me is what they think of me when... Or what they think of a Muslim person. And so... I was really interested in cultivating a safe space for me and other Muslim students on campus just because where I came from, I was also a minority. And so coming to Princeton where I'm again, like a minority, I've never been in like a minority majority space. Um, and so I wanted to find spaces where I could learn more about my identity. Um, similarly with like my Hispanic identity and my North African Arab identity, wanted to explore that more, want to find places to pursue that just because in Miami, everyone around me is Hispanic. Um, so it was a, very big change coming to Princeton, uh, where being Hispanic is not the majority. And even then, I'm not someone who visibly looks Hispanic. And so I definitely wanted to come to Princeton and change the narrative about what it means to look Hispanic, to be Hispanic, to identify with that community. Um, and I felt like getting part of cultural affinity groups and like breaking people's like stereotypes or ideas of what a Hispanic person should look like, what an Arab person or a Muslim person should look like. Uh, that was all really important to me. Um, part of the work I carried from high school, I think, as well.
0: And have you felt throughout your life that because you might not look a certain way, people might not necessarily accept you into a certain culture, or they might try to define you in ways that you don't personally identify with? And it's so, because this is so topical based on the last podcast I recorded where we spoke a lot about identity with me being Nigerian-American, my friend was Indian-American. So have you ever felt like people, just based on how you look, either try to box you differently than you would identify or not accept you into what it is that you identify with?
1: I mean, yeah, absolutely. I think... For me, it's never been very explicit. So I've always felt very much part of the Muslim community just because of how I uh, present to other people. Um, but I definitely think with regards to like the Arab community and the Hispanic community that it's been a little bit harder. Uh, language is such a huge like barrier, I think, in that. So I don't speak. I was taught classical Arabic by my dad. And so I can like read and write standard arabic like newspapers tv but it's like if i were speaking to you in like shakespearean english almost or like very formal english okay. and so if i'm talking to someone in like standard what's called fusha arabic i would definitely get like a question mark like a weird face like it's definitely weird and so it's hard to identify with a culture that you don't necessarily fully speak the language of um and for other people to accept you into that culture um but and similarly with the hispanic community uh There's been many times where people will like speak in Spanish, especially in Miami where everyone speaks Spanish, um, where people will speak in Spanish in front of me, assuming that I don't understand. And then when I like reply to them in Spanish, like the like shocked look on their face.
0: I hope it's never like they're like saying something bad (laughs) in front of you. Not (laughs) like
1: necessarily, but I don't even remember exactly. But just like little things at like the grocery store or something um, where like people will say stuff and then like not think that I understand. Then I'll reply back and it's like a big... Like oh my god like what shocking (laughs) yeah it's like shocking (laughs) um yeah or just like little things like someone speaking to me in spanish here at princeton and then one of my other friends like translating immediately because they didn't think i could understand what they said Uh. it's like the little things like that that i think over time accumulate um and it's hard when you feel so part of those identities like i genuinely feel very hispanic and uh north african and arab and american at the same time um But I think my battle with identity has always been challenging other people's perceptions of what that means. And yeah.
0: And at this point, would you say that you are able to perfectly, not perfect, again, because there's no way to perfectly balance whatever parts of your identities exist. But would you say you are able to better come to terms with the way that other people might not necessarily see you in a certain way, but because you know you are as a person, you're able to just... Struggle off whatever microaggression or anything else someone might say to you or do you th- is that still a work in progress? Because if it and again, there's no wrong answer I think there's people who are older than us who are still trying to come to come to terms with their identity So they're just curious about how you are able to come to terms with dealing with other people's perceptions
1: sure, I think I Probably would use the term you used about like a work in po- progress. Sorry a work in progress uh, because I think The way I interact with my identity also changed depending on my environment. So, how I interact with my identity in Miami, where it was like predominantly Hispanic, I could exercise that practice of my identity. I could speak Spanish at the grocery store. I could like turn on the radio and hear Spanish music. Like things like that helped make me feel very Hispanic and and helped like root me in that culture. Um, Like I went to quinceañeras growing up, things like that. And then coming to Princeton, where that's definitely not the case, and so. Uh, my identity, I think, has changed in that way. And so it's always a shocker when people are like, oh, my God, you're Hispanic. Like, that's so... Like, how did your parents meet? That's so interesting. Like, And I like that. I love being both uh, and also being American. And I, I love all of that of my identity. Um, and I've come to learn that just, like, living by example is enough of, like, proof or, like, is resistance in itself of, like, people's stereotypes or norms of what it means to look a certain way, to act a certain way. Um, me just being so loud and adamant about my identity has, has helped challenge other people's perceptions without me necessarily being like, you should rethink what you think of when you think of a Hispanic person or like, this is what like being Hispanic or Arab can look like. Um, instead of doing that more explicitly, I think that work is just through my example, through my lived experiences. Um, and yeah, cause I'm often like the, especially here I've, and in Miami, I uh, like the, often the first Muslim person that someone has met um, or first definitely most often more often than not first like hispanic air person Um. (laughs) i will say you are the
0: first hispanic air person that i have met also yeah it's not
1: common which is partly why i love it um but yeah
0: so gotcha and honestly you are i love what you said about just being just by being yourself you are able to challenge people's ideas about what you're supposed to be like because i also feel the same way in the sense that Growing up, there were I get born in Nigeria, moved to North Carolina when I was nine, and then Westminster, New Jersey, when I was 11, been there ever since. And there are always these ideas when people look at you about what exactly you're supposed to be like, whether it's subtle things from saying, oh, you, you're so like, you're so smart for a black person, little things like that. And it's just about me. By being myself, I'm going to challenge this idea that you have about what it it what it means to be a black person. If you think we're not supposed to be as intelligent, what it means to be Nigerian. If you think we're not supposed to be as cultured or just whatever different stereotype that someone might have of your identity, just by leading by example and by being yourself, you show that first of all, there is no one way to be whatever identity. And For as many Nigerians as there are, there's going to be that many unique people. For as many Nigerian-Americans as there are, there's going to be that many unique people. That's why it's so important for people to just always be themselves and never try to box yourself in and try to assimilate into what people want you to be, which is something I struggled with for a long time when I first moved to the country. It was like, okay, let me try to be exactly what everybody else wants me to be. But eventually I was like, fuck that. I'm me. I'm great. And I'm going to do what I want. And that's going to allow people to see that there's many ways to be a unique nigerian american
1: absolutely it takes time i was not born being like yeah i'm ready like i everyone it's it's something i'm still struggling with like at college like how to uh, assimilate or adapt in this environment in a way like how do i present myself in a way that's like understandable for people uh how do i like present my identity in a way that's palatable like i've always like had to say questions like that until like it takes me a while to be like, oh, like it doesn't. It literally does not matter. Yeah, like, <laughs> you, yeah,
0: and you don't, you don't even. And have I don't to. owe it to
1: anyone to, to <laughs> exactly, do that. Exactly, yeah, exactly.
0: Just do your own thing. And you, I f- what was this quote? Who, I forget who said it, but it was something about when you are your truest self, that is when your people will find you, whatever they look like. And so there's no reason to try to fit into what other people want you to be, because then you'll be around other people who you're faking and you're not your actual self around, and those aren't actually your people. So. Yes, more about just being yourself. Be yourself. Be yourself. Be yourself. That is moral. <laughs> <clears throat> more of the story. But okay, um, before we start recording, you said you had a podcast in high school. Mm-hmm. What was that about?
1: Identity. So good was segue.
0: Like, I didn't. Look, like, I'm getting better at this. And I, I didn't even know that. That was just a lucky, a lucky little transition I had. <laughs> yeah.
1: No. Absolutely. So, my podcast in high school, which I'm actually looking to revive by not come around to doing yet
0: hey i know people who could help you revive a podcast i think the daily Press might be looking for our podcast. actually
1: i appreciate that i will i'll look into it yeah so it's called the hybrid uh the name stemmed from me being having so many different parts and but encompassing like one whole is kind of what i said and i talked a lot about like culture identity and social justice issues centered around identity that mattered to me um i talked about uh, different concepts like what it means to be a third third culture kid. Uh,
0: Wait, what does that mean? Third culture kid.
1: The definition exactly is escaping me, but it's basically like coming from two different cultures and then st- like also stepping into a new culture and like how do you adapt with all three of those? Let me find the actual definition because okay. I'm I not think- gonna. Does Do that make justice. me?
0: Does that make me a second culture kid? I don't know if that if, exists. Okay, but uh, so what would the definition be of me being born in one country, different culture, and then coming here, and then at this point having now lived in America longer than I have in Nigeria by like two years, and trying to mash those two? personalities and find my perfect balance between those is that i feel like i just even if it's not an actual term i just created that and i will call myself I think you should a coin second, it. i'm i'm coining it second culture kid that's the name of the podcast okay so i
1: just <laughs> i just googled it um the ghoul definition is third culture kids uh, are people who are raised in a culture other than their parents or the culture of their country of nationality uh, and also live in a different environment during a significant part of their child development years. So I think the biggest thing for a third culture kid is like you identify with a certain identity. Your parents grew up in a certain place, uh, but you live outside of that. I wonder if that actually. So
0: te- that applies to me, though. Makes I th-
1: you maybe also a third culture I kid. I
0: think it does. I think it does, because my parents definitely are. Well, I'm Nigerian also, but my parents lived there their whole lives. They fully identify with that culture. I was born there, but moved to America when I was nine. So I've now lived here 12 years. And so identify with this other culture as well but also still with my nigerian side so hey i'm a third culture kid look at, look at that this is there what go with go. the flow is about it's about finding finding different parts of yourself but sorry <laughs> back to back to the the podcast description
1: no you're good so yeah talked about that uh talked about the debate of whether or not america can be considered you know the classic like uh description of america is like this melting pot of cultures uh and so there's recently been another sociological term to counter that called like looking at America as like a salad bowl. Like, what does that look like? Uh, so, like, not all the. Okay. So, I guess melting pot is more so referring to all these different cultures coming into America and then like melting into like one American culture. Yeah. Whereas the salad bowl argument says that like all these different cultures come and just like live separately, but like still mm. in like harmony and not necessarily like this one American culture. Like, not. It are, I think it counters assimilation or like the idea that like you have to be one certain American way that the melting pot kind of alludes to. I would say it's
0: a combination of both. I would say it's a salad and a melting pot.
1: That's good answer. That's a
0: fantastic answer. Because I mean, yeah, there are some groups who will come in and just stick with their own identities and not really integrate with people around them. But then there's other people who come in and are able to fully embrace what America's supposed to be about while also staying attached to the roots. So I mean Again, back to the itch, each individual is their own person. Some people come in and fully embrace what America is supposed to be about, and other people choose to do their own thing, which, again, there's no right or wrong way to do things because, you know, just live your life. Who gives a fuck? <laughs>
1: it's a good takeaway. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and so things like that, social justice issues as well, um, like the Uyghur crisis that's happening in China, human rights issues, uh, that was and some interviews as well, but that was basically the podcast.
0: And you just talked to other students at your high school?
1: Uh, no from across the country students who are uh, I got connected to a few students through the Princeton Prize in Race Relations, uh, which is an award that Princeton uh, gives to students around the country who are pursuing race relations work and so I received that prize in senior year and connected with a lot of students who, uh, we're doing race relations work in their own communities, uh, so we talked about that. I like got them on on like a Zoom call. It was not as professional as as this setup. <laughs> I will tell you,
0: I wasn't as professional as this setup. When I started in my first the first semester in the spring, I would literally go to people's rooms, place my little blue yeti microphone down in front of them. Actually, no, the first four episodes, it was just my phone in between me and the guest and recording on there. And then after that, I got the Blue Yeti microphone, so it's not until this season that I also became a little, little more professional. Humble beginnings. <laughs> Humble beginnings. Lit- to the top. literally started it out in my dorm room, and then next up is the, I like to say, the $100 million Spotify deal, but, you know. There we go. We'll, we'll get there one day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Did you win that award and then get into Princeton, or what was the timeline for that? Were they connected in any way?
1: The Princeton Prize is an award, it's for any high schooler, so I heard about the prize in sophomore year, but didn't really have a project or anything eligible to apply for um and they do it also by like regional committees so there was a south florida committee uh certain regions don't have committees there was like there's a north jersey and south jersey committee uh there's one for like different parts of the country and so you submit your application to that committee and they review it and so in junior year i applied with a project um didn't get the prize but got like a, a an award from that um committee anyway um and then senior year i reapplied with a different project um and then received the prize, but it was independently of Princeton. I was actually the first person who had received the prize from the South Florida committee that had gone or gotten accepted, or actually, and I, I don't know about gotten accepted, but went to Princeton. Okay. Um. So yeah, they're very they're independently of each other. They're trying to.
0: Uh, okay.
1: Recognize people from from
0: anywhere. Okay, I thought it was a nice whole like pipeline, but it's cool that you're the first one who yeah. got it, and then and then got into Princeton yeah, from Miami. Um. And so, wait, where can the podcast be found? Is it everywhere?
1: Yeah, it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, wherever you get your podcasts. Have you heard of Anchor FM?
0: I have, oh, have I heard of I Anchor? I know. Well, as, a, as, a, as a solo solo artist last year, Anchor was the way for me to distribute the podcast. I've now, due to the daily prints, I use Transistor, which is apparently a little bit better. But yes, okay. I'm very, very familiar with Anchor.
1: Yeah, big plug. If anyone's listening and interested in starting a podcast, definitely start on Anchor FM. Uh, that's basically how they put me on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, and yeah, I haven't recorded in a little bit. I'm trying to get back into it. Freshman year definitely hit me like a truck a little bit, which we
0: will get into. Which we will get into <laughs> will get um, to that.
1: But yeah, so haven't recorded for a bit. Want to get back into it. But if you want to listen to my old episodes, there they are.
0: We'll do. I pr- I will give it a listen. Um, is this the first podcast you've recorded since you did your own podcast?
1: I don't think so. No, it's not. I've been on a few podcasts of like other small, independent podcasts uh, that I've been interviewed on. Um, I did an intro for another podcast. Uh, I've definitely been in podcasting a little bit since, just not as my own episode.
0: Hosting your own, doing your own show again. Okay, yeah. but just like you mentioned, another perfect transition about how princeton has been probably a little bit of a challenge this year you haven't had time to do the podcast you like i mentioned you are the first person that i've had from the class of 2024 this year which means you are the first one who has had that experience of starting college virtually but you've now had um a few months at this point to be in person so Reflecting on last year, how would you just describe that year as a whole? Did you feel like it was a regular college year? Would you say that because it was your first experience in college, you were okay with it? Just generally, how would you describe your experience last year?
1: I don't think I knew what a regular college year was supposed to look like. And so I guess if I'm comparing it to this year, it was definitely anything but normal. Um, I think at the time, uh, as sad as it was to not be on campus, especially in the fall, I did like try to make the best of it in my head and I was like this will be fine. And then now that I'm like here and seeing what college like could have it's been supposed to be like. Yeah, what it's supposed to be like, it's definitely anything but that. So I stayed in Miami for the fall semester. Um, luckily didn't have to work with like time differences or anything in terms of classes. Uh, it was nice to be at home. It was nice to be with family. My younger brother was a senior in high school, so it was nice to to be with him while he was going through that like college application process that I had just finished from uh but definitely prefer being on campus a lot more. Um, even, but like not just being on campus, but being on campus in like more of a normal setting because spring semester was also anything but normal, I think.
0: Spring semester was such an interesting one. And that's even, I'm more curious about that because again, for me, I was a sophomore. Sophomore spring is when we got kicked off. And so I had had a whole year and a half of knowing what Princeton was supposed to be like. And so we came back and... Um, in that spring and we were just shocked at how different things were peace yeah. safe being assholes just a lot of the social contract everything being so different for you would you say that it was not how would you rate that semester because you didn't have any previous Princeton experience did you still find it enjoyable or what would you say that was like for you
1: I think parts of it were definitely enjoyable I don't regret coming to campus in the spring I think I definitely would have done it again I don't think it hit me until I got home how bad it was like in when you're in it it didn't really hit, like hit me as much maybe because I like also didn't have a, a standard or a reference to look at um I think the hardest thing was just how much more energy everything required and so when I think of college I think of like this like casual spontaneous interaction and I found that to be true this year like you go to late meal and like all like half of your friends are there and you say hi to people. And I felt like last late year... Late
0: meal. Those were the times. <laughs> those, those, those were the days. <laughs>
1: yeah. We only get one year of it, so we're trying to enjoy it, I feel like, my classes. But yeah, so you go to late meal and people are there. You walk around and like, you probably will see someone you know on the way to class. Things like that, like this spontaneous like interaction, whereas last year everything had to be so effortful. Like, do you want to go on a daily 30-minute walk with me? <laughs> um, especially for the freshman class because we didn't have any like established friend groups yet. Um, and so in fall semester it was Zoom calls, or Zoom call of like, do you want to study That's how, together?
0: Whoa, okay. That and then you just led right into my next question. How exactly did you make friends last year? When did you, did you make any in the sp- in the fall, or did they all happen in the spring?
1: No, I definitely made some in the fall. Um, a lot of it was social media interactions, to be honest. Which, in hindsight, I mean at the time it's what we could do best, um, but. Maybe we're not the most effective. It was what we could do at the time. A lot of Zoom calls, a lot of like Zoom chatting with someone like, hey, do you want to work on this P set later with me after class? Um, you like get on Zoom calls, do this P set, or like, do you want to go to the virtual game night that PSEC is hosting? <laughs> and like, that's how we did it. I remember like the first week of school, there was like some sort of like virtual mixer. Or like, oh my god,
0: this all just sounds so miserable.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there was something the first week of classes and like 200 people from my class were there. Like everyone was like desperate um, because it was so hard to, to everyone be in their hometowns, especially for people in other time zones and international students who felt even more isolated from the campus community. Um, I think my involvement in ClassGov also um, last year helped me meet a lot of people, um, but it was not the same as this year at all. And like, that's what I'm recognizing. I feel like a lot of the relationships were, um, there, but maybe a little bit more shallow compared to what they are this year, just cause you're not spending like the same time together. You're not like staying up till 3am going to Wawa after a P set. Cause you're miserable or like <laughs> complaining after class about how hard the exam was. Like it's not those little moments. I feel like created a lot of bond and like deeper relationships between people. Um, you didn't really have that in fall semester. Um, I still met a lot of people. I, I tried to make the most of it and have like a great experience. Um, but it's not comparable, I think.
0: Yeah, and even I, I was always curious as to who wants all the virtual programming that got put on last year. I for I don't know. I was just tired of Zoom and there was no way in hell that I was gonna go socialize over Zoom either in the fall or the spring. But I guess it makes sense for your class because you were just thirsting for that type of... Any any type of interaction and communication... not com- Or community, yeah. um, you were able to go... You, you were more willing to go to all the virtual programming. Did you go to virtual lawn parties, Jason Derulo?
1: I did not. I saw the YouTube of it. I think I was in Philly at the time with a friend or something. But I, I think I had missed that. Uh, but yeah, it, I think as exhausting as zoom was for the freshman class it was so much more important to get on those calls and i found it meaningful also to help facilitate those interactions like when i started getting to like planning for those types of events and like what how can we make something that's like fun not like draining because we all recognized how draining zoom was especially going into spring semester where all of our programming still had to be virtual for the most part because of the social contract and things that you mentioned um yeah so it was meaningful to help build those connections uh but it's just like it's not the same like at
0: all would you say that this feels like your first year of college which is why that term froshmore comes in because okay. things were so far from regular last year that i don't think they at all represented what things are usually like or supposed to be like and so you guys are finally out here classes in person all the different distractions and fun things that princeton has to offer would you say that this actually feels like your first year of college or would you say that you were able to at least gain some sort of experience last year to the point where you don't feel like you are a freshman like the actual freshman
1: Yeah, so I think everyone who's, like, a Princeton student listening would know this, but as much as, like, we didn't have, like, social events and stuff last year, academics did not let up, and so I think I gained a lot last year. At least my classes, maybe it's, I don't know. I don't know, maybe it's, like, the pre-med weed-out classes, but a lot of the academics is, that's where I think I got the most experience last year, and, like, a lot of that experience I I took into this year, like, how to navigate, like, having a lot of p-sets and papers due at the same time, and um, you didn't really have... What's different is like you said, you didn't really have the social activities to like distract you from that or like to be an outlet for all your stress. Um, but the academics, I think, maybe they weren't as like engaging and meaningful as like being in an in-person lecture. Uh, but in terms of like work and like how to handle your work and how to balance that with uh, just like life, I think I gained a lot and learned a lot from that. Um, how to like write at the level Princeton wants you to write, like writing some things like that. I think I still learned from. Um, and then there's other small things about living away from home that I gained last year that I don't think I have to redo this year. Uh, like doing my own laundry and going <laughs> to the dining hall and um getting meals with people. That I think is something I learned last semester that I don't really have to take like into this like that I can take into the semester instead of having to relearn this semester. Um Yeah. And even like mentioning dining is scary because I'm like Again, realizing how different it was dining last year from from this year. I was
0: just about to ask, what are your th- com- please compare the dining hall from the spring to this year?
1: <laughs> night and day,
0: <laughs> yes, night and day.
1: Um, complete. It's so it's so different. It's so different. I'm so grateful we don't have to go back to to what we had in spring anymore. Um, but yeah, no, I it, everything this year is an upgrade, which I think is nice, right? Um, everything is exciting now. Everything's new. Um, but in some ways it does, I do feel a little bit of pressure to like cram four years of a college experience into three years now.
0: Um, try four into one. <laughs> yeah, fair,
1: fair. That's try,
0: so fair. Try that or three and a half or however long into one, which I think I'm I'm being able to, to do successfully. But okay, it's good to hear that you were able to gain something academically. Because again, I think this all comes back to the, if you had done Princeton before COVID, um, you you were used to something very different, and so your experience virtually w- was very different. Because for me, I if the, w- the way that I was as a student was much, much better before COVID. I was much more productive. I was able to, you know, pay attention for a whole 50-minute lecture, which I don't think I've done once since <laughs> I've gone virtual, even <laughs> since we've been back in person. It's bad. Like, COVID ruined me as a student, and so I'm glad that you were at least able to... Get some start learning some habits and some get some tools that would help you be be a good student this year. But so just going a little bit more into academics, which I think is and the reason that when you said earlier that um the this year like you were you got the Princeton experience academically last year, um I think for me I and I think a lot of other people would say this things seemed a little easier virtually because. A lot of just by nature of classes being PDF only.
1: Yeah.
0: Just not having to do like an in-person exam that's like, you know, pressure or getting sitting in the lecture hall, everything's timed. So things seemed a lot easier to me virtually. Um, When you compare what you've had to do so far this semester versus last year, would you say that academically this year, things have become more challenging compared to what they were like last year?
1: Yeah, sure. And when I say earlier that, like, I got a hang of academics, like, I guess it depends on, like, the environment you're coming from, right? Like, if you came from two years or a year and a half of regular Princeton and then you go into COVID, that experience, I think, is a lot different from going to, like, high school and senioritis into Princeton. (laughs) Um, So even Princeton virtually and COVID, like, Zoom, everything, that was a lot different from, like, senior year of high school, which became, for me, on Zoom... And, like, I did nothing, like, my (laughs) spring semester of senior year, especially when we went home. Um, None of my – all my classes – so I did the IB program in high school, and all of those exams got canceled. Uh, The APs were online. Like, coming from that into Princeton, um, even if it was, like, easier, I guess, compared to Princeton in real life, like, that was still, I think, a considerable challenge for for a lot of people in my class. Um, I think I'm gaining a lot more this year academically. Uh, But in-person exams are definitely probably the biggest thing that – that I'm struggling to to adapt to. Um, and also factoring in like, this is weird, but factoring in like commute time.
0: <laughs> huge. It's huge. It, is, it makes a difference. <laughs>
1: I had a routine in spring semester where like, wake up COVID test, go to class. Like I could go to class in my sweatpants and like, it was not that big of a deal. And I can still go to class in my sweatpants, but like I need to factor in like 15 minutes to walk to Robertson or like this much time to walk to Frick and like, That is so much different. Um, What am I going to do those 15 minutes? Am I going to listen to music? Should I call my parents? Should I, like, there's so many things I have to, like, manage and um, keep track of at the same time, um, which I think is, like, the hardest part this year. Uh, Because even if I am more engaged in, in, like, the classroom, uh, it's, there's a lot more social, uh, like, I don't know. There's a lot more in terms of social life and extracurriculars uh, that you have to balance on top of that because all like the club meetings and stuff were on Zoom last year and all of those were just like Zoom call after Zoom call after Zoom call. Um, yeah. yeah. So With, the days feel like longer, I feel like.
0: Exactly. And even there was a day or two where I, for whatever reason, I was up and down campus all day because between classes, meetings for whatever purpose, where I was like, do I miss Zoom a little bit? Because exactly like you said, I would be in my room roll out of bed, go shower, back to the room, sit there in my sweatpants, could do class. You pop in, and when you have like a 10-minute break in between classes, I could lie on my bed, go eat a snack, do something else. Just stay all in the same place and not have to be jumping up all up and down campus. And you also forget how much, uh, first of all, it makes you more tired just hiking up and down campus. If it's raining, if it's snowing, whatever the weather, weather conditions might be, that also just affects your day in whatever little way. So there, I would say there were some, so a, a few pros to to zoom meetings even even this year for the podcast i um like i'm sup- not supposed to but every other podcast has a meeting every other week and for mine i had one in person came here it was a 5 minute meeting and i was like guys we're doing this on zoom next time there's absolutely yeah. no reason for me to walk all the way here for a 5 minute meeting so zoom has found its place in our world where it exists and it can still be useful. It's good to not have our entire lives be on Zoom, but it is good to have as an option.
1: Yeah. And I think just, I'm grateful to have this semester just because I feel like I'm doing a lot less thinking about like my every move. I feel like last year, um I had to think about like, if I want to go to the library, what exact time do I want to go to the <laughs> library? Because you have to book
0: the fucking <laughs> library. That was so stupid.
1: <laughs> um, it's so nice to like be like, okay, I just finished class. I have like an hour of time until my next like meeting or something. I'm just gonna Firestone's right here. Let me just go to Firestone, sit down, like work on this paper really quickly. That was it, this is so much nicer. Like I can just walk into the dining hall and like get food instead of like having to think about every like my every step that I that I do. Yeah, and that feel just like rem- what I had to do spring semester.
0: Yeah, and that just I forgot we even had to. I forgot we had to book Firestone and I forgot we had to book Dylan. So I couldn't just yeah, like wake yeah. up feel like I want to go work out one day and go to the gym. I had to, if I didn't have a reservation because it was probably booked. You don't get to do that. So if this. Ugh. this this spring semester crazy okay um another question so imposter syndrome something i talk about a lot on here and something i definitely had freshman year especially at this point i'm like okay princeton i could do this um and i don't know if being virtual your freshman year allows you to fully i don't know if it allows imposter syndrome to fully grow the way that it would in a no it does oh it does okay so you would say that you for sure okay so you would say that you had imposter syndrome last year
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, even on Zoom, I think you can still tell. Like, the people who, like, sit in the front of the class and, like, raise their hands at every question and, like, know what's going on But you don't get material, that on Zoom as much, though. You do. They're the people who are early, who have their cameras on every single time, who ask questions as well, hmm. um, who are... And, like, you're trying your best to also keep up, but you feel like you can't keep up. It's not maybe exactly the same as being in the front of the classroom, but, like, you can tell. I feel like you can tell.
0: Okay, interesting, because um. I would have guess that over zoom it was that would be like an equalizing factor for everyone and you wouldn't really be not intimidated but just get to see which of the other students in the class might be the ones who you you feel like they know every single thing and they're the ones who always ask all the great questions they're the ones who like staying before and after class I would have thought that you wouldn't get to fully realize that over zoom but that's I would have never thought that you would still get to that imposter syndrome would have been something that existed over Zoom.
1: I mean, at least in, in my experience, I found that to be true um, for the classes that I took. Maybe not for like, I. this implies more to like lecture style classes, um, because you don't really see everyone's like work ethic over Zoom. And so my interactions are like what I think, who I think has it together is like just based on like what I see Uh, In lecture, who, like, the game of, like, who's going to, like, log off last from Zoom, who, like, still is (laughs) just going to, like, wait for, like, the professor to, like. That
0: was a game? Not
1: really. The The way, the way,
0: oh, that was another great thing about Zoom. I don't play on my time. It hits 1150 or whatever time. You're out. I am out. I'm clicking out, which is annoying because you can't do that in person. It's rude. I can't just stand up and walk out of the class if the teacher goes two minutes over. But over Zoom, the second it would hit 11:50, bye. That's so funny.
1: Click click out.
0: So yeah, I love that people are playing that game of who's gonna be the last one in the room. Yeah, it's
1: just like they're like, and the professor's like, "Do you have a question?" They're like, no, I'm just listening. I'm
0: like,
1: I'm there too with like my because I'm I'm like, okay, maybe this is like what I have to do. I'll like wait till the end of class and like see how long I can stay before my next class. So you have a 10-minute period anyway, and I don't have to go anywhere. So, um, no, I think you can definitely tell. It's different things, though. Like, this year you can see a lot more about, like, people's work ethic. There's different things that foster imposter syndrome this year, Uh, but I don't think it was completely absent last last year, at least in my experience.
0: Gotcha. And would you say that at this point now we are – what, week 10 or 11 into your first full semester in Princeton, would you say that you are you have gotten the hang of things and you you have hit your stride, or do you, would you say that you're still trying to find balance and trying to find the right ways to manage your time and everything?
1: I think I'm still learning. Yeah, this semester's flown by. Um, it has. And so much of it, I think, has just been learning. So I think I'm growing a little bit more to your term of frosh more because I, I think, like, reflecting on all of my experiences, <laughs> I definitely feel that way. I think I'm still learning a little bit how to balance, um, academics and, uh, socializing and meeting new people just because of how demanding Princeton academics are, uh, learning that like the things I did in high school and like the ways that I, um, Use my time in high school. We're not gonna completely transfer over to Princeton. They
0: will not cut it here. Trust, I know. Trust me.
1: Yeah, and I thought like I like had it down in high school. Oh,
0: that's the thing. We all come here. We're like, oh, I got into Princeton. I got it all figured out. When the school will humble you so quickly. You need to <laughs> to leave the ego at the door. Yeah,
1: no, absolutely. Um, no, still figuring it out. I think it's a it's a journey that I'm I'm still working through. Um, some things I've I've been able to figure out like, uh just in terms of academics and socializing, I think I've been able to um, find ways to hopefully balance that. Uh, But other things like sleeping are things I'm still working on.
0: Yeah, there's, there's, it's and it it does take time. I, when I was in your shoes, sophomore fall, which is when I was still pre-med, still (laughs) was not enjoying things nearly as much as I could have been. Um, I definitely did not have the right balance of anything down. It wasn't, and I say this all the time, it was literally that semester where we got sent home where I was in five classes, but it was my first time, like, in all my classes. Okay. was finally finding that right balance of social life, academics, sleeping, extracurriculars, was doing it all. And then COVID said, let me just rip the rug out from under you yeah. and have you, you know, just back to square one again. Because I've come back and not the same student i used to be which you know that's okay at this point i'm like so delusional of like school and grades and whatever so who cares but i think and don't let me i'm i'm jaded i'm i'm the senior who's like <laughs> I, I have a job already i just this is also silly to me but um i think that there there's a there's the way the, the way i was pre covid having all the like firing on all those cylinders it's not i'm not quite back to that but i'm still in a space where i'm i'm doing well enough like it's there's definitely not any sort of struggle so i don't know i wouldn't worry about not having the bounce yet because there probably are some people my year who still don't have the balance and it takes time and everyone has their own different timeline but again princeton's hard it's a journey for everyone and then eventually you'll hit your stride and then you're like oh princeton is, is nothing
1: I hope to get
0: there. And you will. I can almost guarantee you will. Everyone has their own individual journey here, but things things always work out. But we're already 45 minutes in. This is flown no, by. That's, that's what so I'm saying. Sad. And there were other... Okay, no. we. No, I do want to ask about all the different... So when it comes to all the construction on campus, okay, how do you feel about it?
1: Very opposed.
0: Exactly. And here's, <laughs> th- it's so tough because you see the, the projected outcome of what the construction is going to lead to. I'm like, this is amazing. This is dope. But is there a way to get there without me having to experience any of the actual construction going on?
1: (laughs) So I don't mind the two res colleges because I don't
0: go by
1: Poe Field (laughs) enough anyway to to care. Um, I do care about the destruction of the art museum in the middle of campus. Uh, And I go to Murray Dodge a lot. Cookies, good vibes, good people. Uh, And my commute to Murray Dodge is always like three minutes longer than it needs to be now because i have to go all the way around prospect um and it's very annoying uh it's also just like loud i don't live thankfully i don't live in those like upper class dorms that you know are, who
0: does live right next to it
1: should it is, should it be none other than than you probably. it's me yeah, it, is, it is fair, me yeah.
0: I, I am the one i live in brown and what oh. I t- yes exactly but the neighbor of the art museum yeah and so Thankfully, I'm not on the side of the building where the construction can wake me up some mornings I hear it, But to get to my room, the way that it used to be such an easy journey pre-construction, I could get wherever I needed to so quickly. Now, every time I get back there, they've like expanded the span of the construction and just made my path to my room so much longer. And it's yeah. to the point where there is I'm in Brown. I can either i step into the courtyard i can either go left and go right to say get to get to the street to to go get lunch there is one path if i go right it is so much shorter But it is fully mud and grass. And so if I'm wearing a nice pair of shoes, which I'd like to keep my shoes very nice and clean, I can't go that way. And so then I have to add another five minutes to my journey and go left and walk all the way across. It is so frustrating. And the fact that they started, we were all here in the spring. Yeah. They could have started this last fall, last spring, over the summer, whatever (laughs) other period of time. It seems like they were like, oh, let's wait till... Everyone's back on campus to finally start doing construction, and so there's brown that's going on. The time cost. The time cost. Dylan is going to be going under construction in the summer, and it's going to last three years, which is even more central.
1: Dylan the gym.
0: Dylan the gym.
1: Wait, what are they doing to it?
0: Oh, they're that's actually going to be dope, and that's another thing. Like you won't even
1: be here to experience it.
0: I won't be here to experience it, but that's
1: how I feel about the art museum because it's going to be done in like 2024 when I graduate.
0: Well, yeah, we're not going to be a promotion, but Dylan, they're it's expanding by like four or five times the size.
1: Where?
0: It, hey, I've seen I've seen the like uh, the schematics. It's going to be kind of cool, but yeah, there's there's just a lot going on. So that's going to be happening. The new wow. rest colleges. If you, I'm frustrated. If you can tell, I, I just. Uh. I didn't get that. Nothing about that little rant I Thought you were really you. happy. About it. Yeah, 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 were yeah, 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 yeah. So how does supportive. it? How does it feel to know that? Your entirety of time here at Princeton, there's going to be major construction going on. I'm sorry to be the one to be the bear of bad news, but.
1: I think it's okay. It's okay. LCA wasn't constructed that long ago, and it's pretty nice now.
0: When No, that was like 10 years ago. No. Lewis Center for the Arts? I
1: don't think so.
0: Is it that recent?
1: I think it's like maybe like more like six or seven years ago.
0: Fair. You didn't answer the question, though.
1: How do I feel about it?
0: Yeah that throughout the entirety of your time here, there's going to be major construction right in the center of campus?
1: I think it will be an inconvenience I have to work with. (laughs) I don't think I have a choice. I I can't wish it away, so I think uh, I will make the best of it.
0: And then quickly on the rest colleges, we won't get too deep into this because we're already at 50 minutes and I want to get to two other things. Sure. But so rest colleges, two new rest colleges, they're going to close down. First college, they're cleansing that down and building two new colleges, so one new rest college. How do you feel about the expansion of the Princeton student body?
1: I think it's exciting. Uh, there's a lot of uh, new opportunities. Hopefully, that will come from that. I just hope that with this expansion, also comes like an increase of like other resources that I think we need on campus. So I hope that with increasing the student body, the school also like increases like our mental health services, for example, like our uh, academic resources, things like that. Um, because I feel like to expand the student body and then also keep things the way they are right now is not how I envision Princeton going. Um, I don't think I'm, I don't know if I have a really strong opinion about accepting like more students about it being like bigger. Um, I like the, like the tight knit bubble that Princeton is, but I think, I don't know if like by what I've heard the numbers are, I don't think that will change it that significantly. This idea of like this close tight knit community, but I could be wrong. Um, But yeah, I just hope that like it also comes with like an increasing of, of resources and like support and help for students just because i feel like you can't really increase the campus community with uh a lot of the way things are right now
0: i agree and i think that's part of the reason why dylan is expanding as much as it is because it's already always crowded in there yeah and so to increase the student body and not increase the amount of just that's just one example we need more workout space we need more mental health services we need more dining space we need more everything and so i also agree that it is Princeton is a great life-changing place, and so I think it's great that more students every year will get that opportunity. Yeah. But kind of like you mentioned, one of my favorite things about it here is the small, to me it feel, it really feels like a community. Everywhere yeah, I, I go, I'm seeing faces so that I know, saying hi, stopping and chatting. I love that about it. And so I just hope that that is not lost because as it starts to spread further and further out. Because the two New rest Colleges down my po, that's not really somewhere people go typically at all yeah um that's how we frequent they're building all the way to route one which i think is going to be mostly athletic facilities but the way that it's going to expand the campus community i just hope that it doesn't l- make it lose the sort of intimacy that sure. i believe it has right now
1: yeah no so I agree. I
0: agree. yes and so yeah th- and we didn't even get some of the other stuff i wanted to get to this has been great by the way this owen and ben shout out to them both they made this happen um so uh, i wanted to i'm still in the process of trying to figure out new segments for the show okay and so i asked you to prep so i want to do this and this is the first time am doing a new segment woo new segment yay woo, yay, yay and so i'm I, honored i asked you to prep five or come with a list of five songs yeah. that you believe best what did i say best represent you as a person Was best that represent me yeah okay fantastic and so it is now time for this segment let's call it the music getting to know you segment okay I'll That's wa- the title <laughs>
1: <laughs> all of I, this and that was the title
0: <laughs> i will fine-tune that and come up with a better name but no okay so okay. could you let's let's get to this because also i love music i think yeah. music is a great way to get to know someone. i'm always curious as to what people listen to i love being put onto new music so aisha wait no i called you aisha last time aisha Five songs. What's the first song?
1: Okay. I'll try to make this uh, the first song only?
0: Yeah, we'll Anyone? go on it. We'll go on it. Got you. Got
1: you. Okay. Uh, first one is going to be Time of Our Lives by Pitbull. Uh,
0: is that I've had the time of my. Oh, no, that's. No, that's a very different song. Wait. And I never felt the same. I swear this is true. And I owe it all to you. You, you, you. Is that it?
1: <laughs> the way I. Don't remember.
0: No, that's fine. I okay. Okay. So? okay. Time of our lives. Why why'd you pick that song?
1: This is embarrassing. I thought I is that not is that is, i think is think with like. Christina Aguilera?
0: Is that uh, you song? know what? This is where this is why my laptop is out and why I can Google things. Time of our lives. I think
1: of the a section of that song. Time so of I don't our super lives. Remember.
0: Yeah, Neo and Pitbull. There we go. Yes, yes, okay. yes, yes, yes. Okay, Yeah. I okay. said Christiana Galera, so that was wrong. <laughs> why, um, why
1: that song? Because I'm from Miami, and I'm very adamant about being from Miami, and so I felt that compelled to include a Pitbull song. Okay. Um, Mr.
0: Worldwide, of course, we love Pitbull.
1: This is 305 Till I Die. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Mr. Worldwide, I like love my community, love where I came from, love being part of... Um, the community in Miami, I really resonate with that. And so, I think it's a very fun song. I like Pipple. Pitbull. Pitbull was the main reason I chose it. Nice. Um, but, yeah. All
0: right. Second song.
1: Okay. Second song, a little bit more quirky. Not really, but it's just, like, different. Uh, the Tunisian National Anthem.
0: Okay. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> um, I tried to really run with your question. Okay, I like and that. And not just do, like, my favorite songs. Okay. I just want to do. Um, so, fun fact, I don't know how much time we have to get into this, but... My grandfather's, I think it's my grandfather's brother, if I'm not mistaken, um, wrote the lyrics to the Tunisian National Anthem. Whoa,
0: okay. Um,
1: and so, yeah, so, like, our family name is on the $10 bill in Tunisia. Dope. Um, which is really cool. Um, and I like it a lot because it's just, like, the lyrics um, are about, like, democracy and freedom and liberation. Um, and I really resonate with that. I'm, like, really into social justice. Um, and human rights and so i i find that those lyrics like really ground me and center me in the work that i do beautiful
0: um, this is great
1: and it's cool that i just have like also a fun personal connection and yeah maybe i want to find a way to tell but you that, bring that in, which to, is no
0: that's why i asked the question because yeah. like i said it'll lead me to learning different things about you yeah absolutely. amazing all right um, song number three
1: song number three is my shot from the hamilton soundtrack
0: I have seen Hamilton when it came on Disney <gasps> Plus, but I
1: you don't know the the soundtrack.
0: The only song that I know is the Alexander Hamilton.
1: Okay, That's <laughs> not a bad one either. <laughs> um, but basically, from the way I see it, so Hamilton obviously is about like Alexander Hamilton, but also is a story of like making it up from the bottom and like taking the chances that are given to you. And so the main lyric is like, "I'm not gonna throw away my shot." um i find it very inspirational there's another song on there oh is that the
0: one that goes like i'm not gonna throw away my shot shot. yeah oh look at me remembering seeing it one time let's go it was between
1: that and history has its eyes on you from that soundtrack but i don't know at all similar (laughs) idea of like taking the chances that are given to me um making use of the sacrifices that my parents made for me um and like always remembering that like the work i do and like the things i'm pursuing is for something greater than myself oh,
0: beautiful this first of all this segment is here to stay Yay. just because just of you this is here to stay Amazing.
1: Uh, i'm glad um okay where are we four four yes uh forest can't hold us by macklemore
0: there we go back yeah. this is the, oh, i song. love that song. great song
1: i that one represents me because it's like the song i've always since like elementary school it's the one song that i can like sing like Top to bottom, okay. Like, All the lyrics. All if the we rapping, had time, everything. I would make you. I
0: would make you do it right here. Yeah. If we had time. <laughs> oh, no, so no, time. time. Oh no! so Oh no! We're running out of time. Oh no! I guess I can't <laughs> embarrass myself.
1: <laughs> um, no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, love that song. Uh, very like fun um, party, like. Anything's possible. To yeah, exactly. Seems Good like a message. You can't but, hold yeah. me back.
0: Exactly. I like that. Yeah.
1: Chose it because it's the one song I know like all the lyrics to.
0: I'm going to um, listen to that after on my walk to class after this. <laughs> 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 and song number five.
1: Song number five five i'm realizing a theme among these but song number five is la vida es un carnaval by Celia cruz life
0: is a carnival yeah like there hey we you know, you know okay, i took, Spanish. Spanish. I took for six seven years you know i know, I know a little okay, Spanish. <laughs> um,
1: yeah she's a cuban artist uh she is really really cool phenomenal uh, it reminds me of my grandmother it reminds me of uh my cuban uh side and i like it a lot i love like the music um i like the rhythm um that's I think that's the main reason why I chose it. And life is a party. Life is a
0: party. Life is a life freaking is a party. party yeah. yes. I'm trying
1: to remember that more, especially here, like where everything is like stressful, trying to remember to take things easy. Things are not as big of a deal as I make them out to be, et cetera, et cetera. One
0: thousand percent. The unsolicited advice that I'm gonna give you, this it goes by fast. I feel yeah. so old. I'm already a senior. I'm looking as the more and more I reflect and the more and more I remember the things that have Giving me the, the 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 things that have shaped my Princeton experience the most. Very little of that, zero percent of that, has happened in the classroom. It's the memories I have with friends, going out to the street, going to sports games, going to the bonfire, which you, f- you sh- which you should so go to. So excited for! You should go to this so Sunday. Excited. It's just all the little things outside the classroom that you need to prioritize just as much as you do your schoolwork because. Your GPA, all that little stuff. I guess you want to go to medical school, so I guess it does matter a little bit more. But even still <laughs> in the long run, yeah. it doesn't matter nearly as much as we think we should, and we shouldn't let those three numbers define our lives. So please, while you're here, have fun. Have fun, because life is a carnival. It's
1: a good ending, though. It's, there, it's, wait, not, it's not the ending. We have oh. the Tiger confession oh, section. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. I don't know what the section is. This one has a name, though.
0: The, yeah, it's the Tiger confession section.
1: Also, okay.
0: Yes, and so Tiger Confessions, do you know what that is? yeah okay cool so i just read i
1: wasn't born yesterday (laughs) (laughs) i didn't just get here my bad
0: i'm sorry i apologize um and so i read two confessions and then i have my guests react to them in whichever way that they feel like and these are both sophomore related because you are my guest first one says does anyone else in class of 2024 feel like the school just doesn't give a shit about us
1: (laughs) oh my god that's so much to unpack (laughs) uh was this recently?
0: No, this was actually posted. I, I've had the screenshot it since like week one. So I feel like okay. this person's mind would have changed by now. But
1: I think that was definitely a sentiment in week one when uh, we saw all the freshmen getting like a regular pre raid a regular like step saying... Not, like I don't know like all the things that we didn't get our like freshman pre-orientation year
0: pre-orientation stuff yeah
1: yeah all the like CA trips OA they, they weren't virtual and like granted we also got pre-raid and SepSing which mm-hmm. I'm really glad we did I'm glad we got those traditions but I think it was there were so many jokes I remember in the beginning of the semester made by the sophomore class about like oh I should have gapped or like should have like took in a gap year or tra-, like I don't know because of like seeing how much the class of 2025 was getting um, but after a while like it doesn't help to be bitter so I like make the most of it. I also like our class so much that like I don't think I just like from the people I've met like the experiences I've had I'm glad to have done it with like the group of people that I did um it with so
0: nice yeah. um okay and this one I cause, because of time and also because I'm not at 2024 I'm not even gonna answer it because okay I have nothing to add okay. second one says rising sophomore here this also is, this is from August 21st so I've had these screenshotted for a long time Says rising sophomore here. Due to the unusual circumstances last semester, even though I was on campus, I wasn't really able to make any friends or really meet any people for that matter. So I'm really looking forward to this semester. I'm a little scared though because will people still be open to meeting new friends? Or being that phase where they where they want to be friends with everyone? Or will they think I'm cringy and weird for not having made friends last semester? Thoughts, comments, concerns.
1: So valid, very relatable. Um, I think everyone has oh not everyone a lot of people have like had this external perception of like having their friend group already figured out and like that's intimidating i think coming out of freshman year if like you don't feel like you've found your like people yet or like you have like are still open to meeting a lot of new people that was definitely a fear that i had of like oh i like there's so many people in this class especially people who didn't come to campus in the spring who like i still want to meet because they're like coming for the first time now in the fall um how do i meet with people how do i interact with people I think everyone is still very open to making friends, in my opinion. Um, from what I've heard from upperclassmen, also, like, your friend groups changed throughout your course
0: mm-hmm. um, of time
1: at Princeton. And so definitely used to buy into the idea that, like, your freshman year group was it and, like, learning now that, like, that's not the case has been so simultaneously hard to deal with, but also, <laughs> like, liberating. Mm-hmm. Um because it's so exciting. Like all these new people you can meet, all these new connections you can form. I've definitely made friendships last year that like I hold so dearly and they are so close to me that I would not have had last year. Um, but it was definitely intimidating first few weeks when everyone was coming back into the group of things. People hung out with other people over the summer, um, things like that. I can see how that is very like intimidating to come into and to like, you're so eager to meet new people and feeling that other people might not feel the same way. I feel like for the most part though, people are still, open to to talking to people and like putting less pressure on everything is also really helpful like you don't need to like seek out your best friend right away like yeah. let those relationships come naturally and like you're not, like if i feel like for me it's been easy like let go of the idea of like i need to find like my group of people like like my only group of people that i hang out with all the time and i need to find like my one person like things like that letting go of those things and just like seeing like um who do you invest the most time in in your relationships who gives you the most time back and like who gives you that energy back um and placing your energy into those people who like care about you into the spaces that make you feel welcome like um whatever like clubs or like groups that like that might be uh like finding people who reciprocate and like energy in general just like that will i think that will come naturally and being open to meeting new people because now i have a new, some, a new friend.
0: We friend. Yes. Friend. You could say Aww. friend. Oh <laughs> yeah. no, that was so well said, like everything else you said this episode. Um yeah, I think like you said, your friends will change, your friend groups will change. And it's not even a intentional thing. It just happens so natural. You sure. look up one day and it's like, oh, that be a person who I was so close to back in the day. We're not as close as anymore. Which there's absolutely nothing wrong with. And I love what you said about the people who put time you. Because a friendship is a two way street. It needs effort on both sides. And if there's people who aren't giving you effort, maybe you need to reconsider what that friendship look friendship looks like. But even as a senior, I'm still making new friends. Yeah. Um. Still meeting people every day. So I don't think anyone is ever completely shut off from the idea of meeting new people, especially coming off the last year and a half that we did, we were also excited to get that Princeton community back, meet all the different people that we had not been able to meet over the last year and a half. So I would hope that this person has been able to see that they've, people are very welcoming and we're all just looking to, to make the most out of our time here and just all enjoy each other's company. But again, you covered most of the things that needed to be said, but it's already 1048. So we need to get the fuck I've out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At least you're not in and Frick, nah. but, um, Aisha, thank you so much for coming on the episode. This has been fantastic. I've very much so enjoyed this conversation. Do you have any final words for the people?
1: I don't. Thank you so much for having me. I've also enjoyed it. This has been so much fun. Um, yeah, feel free to reach out. I'm excited. I'm still open to making new friends and meeting new people. Down for anything. Um, yeah, no, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for for having me.
0: Amazing. Um, and I guess just my final words. Yeah. Kind of like I was saying before. It goes by fast. Enjoy it. Reach out to people. Hit that person up to get lunch. Go to that sports game. Go to that dance show. Go to that party at an eating club. Go to just whatever you do. Don't make school your entire focus of time here because you don't want to graduate after four years and look back and only remember saturday nights in firestone because that would just be incredibly sad so yeah make the most out of Prince life's a party life is a party a la party. vida es la carnival <laughs> that is that is the final word but this has been another episode of go with the flow thank you for listening